welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. What I want to talk about here today, knowing that our topic is about the, the theme, rather, is about networking. What can you do to network better, connect with people better, 
build stronger and better relationships. Now, all of us in life and especially in business, we all understand that the stronger and better and more plentiful, positive relationships you have, usually the better that you can do. Because us as human beings, even though you know, we can do a lot and we all have big ambitions and big goals, we also have some limitations. So we can only focus on one thing at a time. We can only really do one thing at a time, you know, physically, mechanically. And we can only be in one place at a time. However, when we have connections with other people, we have relationships with other individuals, we can get a lot more done through other people than we can ever get done just by ourselves. On top of the fact that we don't have every skill, we don't have every ability, we're not good at everything. So if you are trying to do everything right now in your life or everything right now in your business, you're probably doing some things very inefficiently. And to be honest, you're probably doing some things very poorly because there's no way that you're good at everything everything if you're trying to do everything all at the same time. So what I want to talk here today is not necessarily specifically about getting other people on your side, but it's it's adjacent to it because it's about four key principles of human nature. I want to talk about these four principles, and this is definitely not an all-inclusive list. There are not just four things we should know about human nature, but there are four specific things that I want to talk about here today for a certain reason, because these are principles that are not going to change about people. One of my business partners likes to always say, Dre, people are going to people. People are just who they are, and there are certain things that are not going to change about human beings, and this applies not only to everyone else, quote unquote, but it also applies to all of us here today. And the better that we understand these principles, this is the reason that I'm talking about it, the better we understand this, the better we can communicate with others, the better we better we can get along with others, the better we can discern with whom we should communicate, with whom we should deal and who we should leave alone. And also the better we will understand ourselves and others when people do things that may on the surface seem inexplicable to you, but when you understand human nature, then it may not uh, disturb you as much, I guess, for lack of a better term. So first of all, let's define what does human nature actually mean. Now, those of you who are new to me, maybe haven't heard me before, haven't heard me a lot. One thing that I like to do whenever I'm talking about a, a topic that is, or using a phrase or a word that people are familiar with, but maybe we haven't dove deep into it, I like to give a clear definition of it so everyone is on the same page and we're all talking about the same thing. I know what happens a lot, especially these days, people are altering definitions of phrases and words to fit how they want to talk about it, which is fine, I suppose, on the surface, harmless sometimes. But today I'm going to give my definition, not, this is not my definition, actually, I got this out of the dictionary, of what human nature actually is. This might be from Wikipedia. Same difference. Definition is human nature. The general psychological characteristics, feelings, and behavioral traits of humankind regarded as shared by all humans. Close quote. Now, as I said, this is far from a conclusive list. This is just four specific things that I want to speak on today. And maybe in the future, I'll do a follow-up. I think of some more human nature aspects that I think would be valuable for everyone to understand. Point number one is that people will do and say and think and feel things that seem inexplicable to you, things that don't make sense to you, things that would never be done by you, things that would never be said by you, they would have ideas that would never be thought by you. And what you need to understand is every human being, this may seem trite, has a right to that. 
everyone has a right to their opinion. We've all heard and said that before. People have a right to their own thoughts, feelings, actions, ideas, beliefs, agreements. Even when they make no sense whatsoever, they have a right to it. And I think the better that all of us could understand this, actually, I think if everybody understood this, then some some social media apps might not exist anymore. Now, you can think of which ones you you believe I may be referring to. But when it comes to this, I think a lot of the a lot of the conflict that pops up between us these days, especially uh, verbally and people just disagreeing with each other and going against each other on certain subjects, it stems from a lot of our inability to accept the fact that someone can have a belief or idea or leaning or opinion that is different from ours or is in or even goes as far as being in direct conflict with ours. And what I tell people all the time, and I'm going to tell all of you, is that it's not a bad thing when someone has a completely different opinion from you. It's not a bad thing when someone's belief goes completely against yours simply because if all of us had the same opinions and the same ideas and the same beliefs, then there really wouldn't be a need for, it wouldn't be a need for any of us really. Because if everybody thinks the exact same way, what's the point? The variety is what you actually should be excited about. The fact that people think differently and look at things differently and do things differently. And instead of looking at someone who has a different view or a different approach as the unwashed other, instead you could look at it with curiosity and ask yourself, okay, how did this person come to this belief? How did they come to think this way? Why do they have this perspective? What have they been through in their lives? What have they seen? What have they thought? What have they read? What have they been exposed to to cause them to think this way while I think completely differently and I couldn't even understand how someone could think that way? Maybe there's some things that they've seen, experienced, thought, read, been exposed to that would enlighten you in some ways, maybe not to completely change your opinion, but would enlighten you in some ways if instead of uh, crossing them out mentally or attacking them verbally for thinking different or being different from you, you might learn some things that could enlighten you and maybe open you up to some new possibilities and some and to some new ideas. As long as you're dealing with a person who is mentally sane and they have control of their mental faculties and it makes sense to them, that's okay. It's actually a positive thing if you would allow them to be and you're accepting and you're, you're noticing as uh, Larissa talked about and as was pointed out. If you are accepting and noticing of other people being different, look into those differences and try to figure out maybe what you could glean from it. Again, not so that you can change your mind, but so that you can have a different way of looking at things. Let that person be. And if you really think about it, every one of us has probably done some things in our own lives that other people don't understand, that other people do not agree with, that other people might be mad at us for thinking or doing or representing. This is the beauty of humanity, is that we're not all the same, and it would be really boring if we all were. If we all had the exact same ideas, opinions, and perspectives, then we probably wouldn't be doing this room right now because everything I'm telling you, you would already be thinking it. You'd say, okay, well, I already know that. So why are you even saying it? So this is the beauty of humanity. We, if we start looking at things this way, I think it would help a lot of us in just the way that we communicate and the way we even think about other people. Second point, and I'm talking again, four key principles of human nature that I think all of us can uh, learn from if we accept and we get conscious about it. Second one is that social proof matters. Social proof matters a lot. Now, while 
many of us are users of social media. I guess you could call Clubhouse a social media app. And while at the same time of us using social media, many of us understand, especially the entrepreneurs and the business owners in here and the salespeople in here, we understand that just because you have a certain number of followers doesn't mean all those followers are going to become customers. Just because you have people who are um, tuning into whatever you're doing on a Facebook or a YouTube or a TikTok doesn't necessarily mean those same people are going to buy anything from you. At the same time, we all also understand that when people can see that other people are looking at you, other people are listening to you, other people are paying attention to you, that increases your credibility in the eyes of most human beings. Why is this? Because human nature, social proof matters. This is the point that I'm making. We all as humans are attracted to strong personalities, even if that personality is quote unquote wrong. Even if we think that personality has the wrong ideas, the wrong approaches, the wrong beliefs, they are representing something that we uh, disagree with and we are vehemently against. Even when you feel that way about someone, if their personality is strong enough, you can't stop paying attention to them, even if you're just hate watching them, as we like to say. So when you see a person who may lack your level of substance, maybe they don't have as much game as you have. When I say game, that's just by that, I mean skill, ability, you know, just uh, competence. They don't have the game that you have, but they have an audience, a, a captive audience. And they seem to be getting more opportunity to share their wrong ideas and their, their badness with the world. Understand that that social proof is part of the equation. The fact that people are paying attention makes more people pay attention. As they say in the, in the entertainment industry, it's a bandwagon business. All right, as soon as some people jump on that bandwagon, everybody else is running to hop on it. They don't even know where the wagon is going. Why? Because they just don't want to miss out. We call that FOMO. People jump on the bandwagon and follow someone who's already being followed, not even knowing what the person's about, not even knowing where the person is going, not even knowing if they want to join this group simply because it's humans. We don't want to miss out on the next big thing. This social proof matters a lot. And any of you who's a, a salesperson or a marketer, you understand how this works. And if you're a good salesperson or marketer, you use this to influence and persuade your prospects to become customers. And it doesn't even matter if you know, the thing that they're following is something that they end up finding out that they disagree with, but getting their attention in the first place is half the battle, especially in the world that we're in right now. So that's the bandwagon. When that bandwagon starts moving, people will run after it just so they don't get left behind again. So what you can do is flip it around. If you want to make this work in your favor is get social proof on your side. And social proof does not necessarily mean you need everybody paying attention to you, whoever everybody is to you. It means you need the, peop the right type of people paying attention. And also you want the people that you wish to persuade, you want them to see that you have certain people paying attention to you because that's what draws more attention your way. So this basically serves itself. The more you do the thing, the more the thing that you get. So combine that social proof once you have it with some actual substance. Uh, now you get results. You know, social proof without substance will lead to a bunch of disappointed people who will come and go. It's kind of like a, a sugar high. You eat some Skittles or a Snickers bar, you get the rush, but then you get the crash. You combine social proof with some actual substance. Now that's the meat and potatoes. That's the kind of stuff that sticks to your ribs and you can stay around for a long time. You can combine the two. I know a lot of people who have a, a lot of social proof, but not a lot of games. So they have a lot of turnover. People are coming and going. I know people with a ton of substance, 
who fail to get social proof. I know a lot of good people who are really good at what they do, but they're not good at marketing, selling, and promoting themselves. So they get frustration because they're like, man, I'm better than this person, but this person has a hundred times bigger audience than I have. They're making more money than me because they have more people who are noticing them. And they get frustrated because they don't, they are not leveraging that social proof. This matters a whole lot. When people see you're being seen, they want to watch. Right? They might not even like the TV show. So don't hate the players. Don't hate the game. What I tell people is play the game. But first you have to understand what it is. And that's point number two. I just told you. Point number three, I'm talking here today about four key principles of human nature that all of us should accept, embrace, uh, remind ourselves of, maybe if these are not brand new ideas to you, and actually leverage and utilize. The third one, emotion trumps logic. Now, this one is one that I personally have to remind myself of a lot because I'm a, a extremely logical thinker, very analytical person. One of my business partners calls me annoyingly logical, but they've come to me for logical challenges because they know I'm a person who's going to give them the logical way of looking at things when they get a little bit too emotional. But as we know in the sales world, all of us as consumers, people buy on emotion and we justify it with logic. And it's not just in sales. If you really think about it, everything is a sale. An idea is a sale. I'm selling you these ideas right now, but we make decisions based on our emotions and then we come up with logical hey listeners if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine it's the perfect morning glenn has written a free ebook called the morning five five simple steps to an extraordinary morning if you can transform your morning you can transform your life head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day justifications to back up those emotional decisions so if ever you're talking to someone and they made a decision that makes no sense to you and you ask them why did you make that decision and then they give you a logical explanation that is not actually very logical and then you start breaking down why they're logical quote-unquote explanation makes no sense understand that everything you're saying is falling on deaf ears why because their emotion has already made the decision they just came up with something that is acceptable enough to them logically that they can they can sleep at night knowing why they did this but there's a word for this we call it rationalization and many of us rationalize all the time we don't always notice that we're doing it but it's easy to notice it in another person it is to notice it in ourselves all rationalization is, is coming up with a story, crafting a story logically that allows us to make sense of anything that we've done or anything that we've experienced or anything that we're doing or even, in, even the things that we're feeling. If you want to move people to action, it is easier to pull the lever of emotion than it is to pull the lever of logic. Not that logic doesn't work to move somebody to action. It's just it works with a smaller percentage of the population and it takes a lot, little bit more effort and a little bit more you got to be a little bit more sharp to move people with logic than you do to move people with emotion. So while logic can work, it's harder. It works on fewer people. It's better to ask yourself the following question. Any of you who might be uh, uh, related to me and being much more logical than you are emotional, ask yourself this question. How can I take these logical points and connect them to an emotion? That's a really good question that you can ask that'll open you up to maybe some new ideas, maybe some new approaches that you can take your logical thinking connected to somebody's emotion. Because again, 
there are logical people out there who will connect with you. But if you want to get social proof working in your favor, as I talked about in the second point, it's better to tap into people's emotions. And there are ways to do this. You just need to spend a little bit of time thinking about it. And if you're a super logical thinker, that means you're probably pretty smart. If you think about this, you'll probably be able to come up with some ideas. You just got to ask yourself better questions. This is what I, I have actually have a book on that exact topic, asking yourself a better question. Then once you get the answers to the question, use the emotion to get people's attention, even though it may go against your nature to lead with emotion, definitely goes against mine. But once you get people's attention, you, you grab them with the emotion, then you follow up with, in your wheelhouse, which is your logic. When I teach people about selling anything, whether you're selling an idea, whether you're selling a service, you're selling a, a physical product, whatever you're selling, what we do is we take the logical outcomes, the results that people want, and we figure out what emotional need that logical outcome fulfills. Pretty simple. So to give you an example, my background is as a, a professional athlete, played basketball overseas for almost a decade. And, but I came out of a division three college, which is a level that anyone who knows sports knows the D3 athletes don't even dream about making a pro, let alone they actually do it. So when people found out about my background, man, you play overseas, cool, but damn, you came from a division three college. I hear from a lot of athletes who want to do the same thing, who are coming from smaller schools. They under, overlooked, underrated, you know, not, didn't have a scholarship, maybe didn't even play in college at all, but they want to play professional basketball. So when I'm selling to that audience, I don't just say, hey, here's how you can get a contract to play professional basketball, even though that can work. What I do is I tap into the emotion. How can that logical outcome relate to somebody's emotion? Well, what does that, what is that basketball player feeling when they don't have that contract, but they believe they're talented enough to play? They're feeling like they're wasting their talent. They're feeling like all the people who told them they wouldn't make it are going to be proven correct. They're feeling like their window of opportunity is slamming shut. They're feeling like they are basically just letting their life, letting their life pass by while they're not able to live out their destiny. They're feeling like they're letting their family down, their neighborhood down, and they can't take care of their kids and they can't buy their mom a house. They can't do any of those things because they haven't done the logical thing with get a contract. So these are all emotional things that are driving the logical desire. So when I take my logical outcome, all I do is ask myself again, what emotions are tied to this logical result? And that gets much more attention than me just going with the logical thing. So again, any of you who's a, an analytical thinker like I am, and I think some of you are, ask, just ask yourself, where's the emotion in this? It's usually not that far away. And when you can connect the two, then you hit them with the logic, right, you, gotta knock, you gotta knock out combination there. So use the emotion, follow up with logic. Anytime you're selling anything, emotion is the big domino that renders logic nearly irrelevant, not completely irrelevant, but nearly irrelevant. All you have to do is give people a good enough reason. Sometimes we call this a pretext. It doesn't even have to make sense. Just give people a good enough reason to justify an emotional decision that they've already made. And then again, it's just knocking over that big domino. You knock over the big domino, all the little dominoes fall easily. Point number four, it's the last one, then I'm going to open it up. Hopefully we have some questions and comments and feedback. I love questions. So if anyone has them, get, get them ready. One more point. And we're talking four principles of human nature that we should all accept, uh, remind ourselves of, and uh, embrace and actually utilize. Number four, human beings yearn for purpose. Purpose. 
And this is why this actually ties in with all the points that I've shared here so far. When I talked about social proof, have you ever seen a person who you see an artist put out a, a song and you're like, the song's terrible. Why do they have all these fans? Or you see a, a politician putting out some idea. He says, that's a terrible idea. Why are people supporting this? You see a, a person sharing, selling their stuff. And you're like, this is a terrible product that they're selling. Why do they have all these fans? Understand that it's purpose that people, that drives people to action. One of the main things that people need in their lives is a, what's the reason that they're getting out of bed every day? Those of you who are listening to this right now, you have a reason. Right? Maybe your reason is to be with the Breakfast of Champions Club here on Clubhouse. Maybe your reason is something that is, maybe you're listening to the show so you can get something, one nugget that you can take through your day or through your week to help you, you know, put your game out there better. People in these circles, we tend to know what our purpose is or we are working really hard on identifying our purpose. But there are a lot of people out there and you can look at your own life and the people that you know, for examples, who are kind of wandering around aimlessly. They don't really know where they're going. They don't know why they're there. They don't know, they don't really have a, they really don't have a reason for doing the stuff that they're doing. Why do you go to work? Well, everybody goes to work. Or why are you doing this? Well, this is what, this is what I've always done. There are a lot of people who are living their lives this way aimlessly, don't really know where they're going, why they're going there, or have no idea how or when or if they're going to get there. But when someone can come along and give that person a purpose, and purpose is usually tied to emotion, not to logic. You can give somebody a purpose. You can give them something to follow. You give them a reason to believe. People will follow you to the ends of the earth. If you remember the story, the, the Pied Piper. And Pied Piper came into the town. It was being overrun by rats. And he got rid of all the rats. And then they wouldn't pay him the money. So he used his, his Pied Piping. And he took all the kids away from town. What did he do? He gave them a purpose through his playing of the flute. I mean, that's a very simplified version of the story, but I think you get the point. We can show people something to believe in, something to follow, purpose to connect to. They will get on board and they will go or do where or whatever you say. Logic be damned. And if you look around, the best salespeople that you've ever seen are really, really good at this. Some of the best salespeople in the world are politicians. Whether you're looking at a, a, a federal government, federal government uh, election, local government elections, the best, some of the best salespeople out there are the politicians. Now, usually it might be the people behind them that, whose names you don't know that are helping them put that message out. But if you look at any uh, presidential election in, in your lifetime, the winners always have some type of slogan, some type of purpose that they get people to vote for them on. Do people vote based on? Logic, do they vote based on, okay, well, this, this person, this is their, their foreign policy. This is what they're going to do with taxes. This is what they're going to do for crime. This is what they're going to do about education. Usually, if you ask people, why'd you vote for this person? Those are the things they'll tell you, right? They'll give you the logical reasons why they did it, but they're lying to you. The real reason why they did it is because they're emotional tie-in. And the emotional tie-in is based on that politician's ability to sell, that person's ability to tie a purpose to whatever they're doing. Most people do not go into the details. Most people don't read the fine print. Most people, when you sign up for a website and it says, and you have to check that box, it says, I have read the terms and conditions. How many of you actually read the terms and conditions before you check the box? Probably very few and very rarely do we do it, but we check the box anyway, because the emotional thing that is driving us is we wanna get, we wanna sign up for Facebook. Or we wanna get that new account. We want to we want to sign this lease contract. I just got a, a 
lease contract that's like 30 pages. Am I reading the whole thing? I'm going through it. I'm not reading every single, I'm not reading every single word, but I'm going to check the box. I, have, I, I agree to the terms and conditions, right? And this is what we do all the time. When the emotion is stronger than the logic, which it is most of the time, that purpose is a thing that will move people. You can move mountains if you can give people a purpose and you don't have to move the mountain yourself. You can get them to do all the work as long as you give them a purpose for doing it. This is why companies have what they call the mission statement. And what is why do companies have mission statements? Because ideally, usually it doesn't happen, but ideally, they want everybody to connect to the mission and buy into the job. That's the idea. Again, it doesn't always work, but that's the idea. Have you ever seen a cult? I mean, a, a real cult where people do things that make no sense, completely disconnect from their families. People have even committed suicide in cults. Why is this? Because the leaders of those groups give people a purpose that they otherwise did not have. And that's why they're able to move those people to do what, again, many of us might consider to be unreasonable things. So with all that said, recapping my four points and I'm going to open floor. We got a couple minutes here. Four things about human nature you need to accept. Number one, people will do and say inexplicable things that don't make sense to you. It doesn't have to make sense to you. Everyone has a right to feel and think as they wish as long as they're not violating your rights. Number two, social proof matters. Human beings are bandwagon jumpers. When we see everybody else doing something, we want to do it because we don't want to miss out. This is just a, this is just how we are as people. Number three, emotion trumps logic. All the logic in the world cannot beat someone's belief in an emotion. If you are a logical person, ask yourself, what is the emotional connection to your logic? Then hit them with the logic. That is the order of operations. And number four, people yearn for purpose. When you can show people a purpose, something to attach themselves to or believe in, they will follow you to the ends of the earth, even if your purpose makes no logical sense. With all that being said, I want to open the floor up. If anyone has a question, comment, please go ahead and unmike. I'm going to mute myself till someone speaks up. Hey, Dre, it's Christina. Good, Good morning, morning, Christina. Hey, Dre, can you hear me? I can. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so I have uh, pretty much two questions, and I'll make it quick. Um, okay, so what would you say to someone that do not know their purpose but want to know their purpose? Um, I've heard T.J. Jakes say, T.D. Jakes say a long time ago that when you find your purpose, you find your passion. So that was the first question. And then when did you know that you found your purpose? So this is Christine and I'm done speaking. Great questions, Christine. The first question is finding your purpose. That's a, it's a, a deep question that uh, we could go on for days trying to answer that question. One thing that I tell people is ask yourself what you wanted to be before you took on a bunch of quote unquote adult responsibilities. What did you want to be back when you mentally believed, emotionally believed you could be anything? as they tell us as kids. What did you want to be back then? And then the other question is, where do you spend your time? Let's assume, or let's say, first of all, when you're not at work and you don't need to do anything for work, what are you doing? And if all your financial needs were taken care of, your house paid for, your cars paid for, all the bills are taken care of, and you have this plenty of disposable cash, what would you spend your time doing? Those questions are probably windows into what your purpose and passion are going to be. And I would also suggest my favorite book on that is by my favorite author by name by the name of Robert Green. He wrote a book called Mastery. And I think that he went really deep into this. And I think that would help you. And the second question, answer to your second question, how do I know what my purpose was? Well, I've always I've always been an athlete, so I 
played sports, you know, I stopped playing sports in 2015. But while I was doing that, I started talking about similar things to what you heard here today. I started talking about mindset to athletes because they were just asking me about my mentality because they just heard me talking. They just liked the way I was speaking. And when I started doing that, uh, people like those of you who are in this room right now, most of you not athletes, they heard me and they said, man, the stuff you're talking about, I know you're talking to athletes, but this could apply to anyone. So I already knew what I was going to do when I stopped playing sports. So I, I guess you could say I was lucky in that sense and that my my passions, I kind of naturally fell into. Hopefully that answers your questions, Christina. Thank you for asking. Uh, I think we had time for one more before I pass the mic to, I believe, Alexander's up next. No one else going once, going twice. Dre, this is Tanisha. I would like to say that it was awesome. Awesome presentation. Thank you so much. Thank you. We are at exactly 629. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.